Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me is my co-host, Carrie R. Blaster, as well as our special guest for today, Diane Disbro. Diane, thank you for being here with us today. Happy to be here. Thanks. We are incredibly excited to talk with you today, Diane. But before we get started, we ask a question of all of our podcast guests. As you know, the podcast is called The Real View. And what we want to know from you or hear from you is what is the best view that you have ever experienced? Okay, well, I had experienced this view for over 60 years. And it is when my family, from the time I was a baby all the way through now, goes on our yearly vacation to Canada, a little cabin on a lake called Red Horse Lake. And uh, my husband and I are fishing foals. My daughters both love it. And I grew up having my summer vacations in that very same cabin. So that is the best view for me. And hopefully when this pandemic is over, we'll be able to go up there and go fishing because we missed our vacation this summer because of COVID. So I can't wait to see that view again. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but it just makes me happy. And I also have pictures of my grandparents in front of the cabin before they even built the bathrooms onto the cabin. And it's kind of neat that I'm still going there and hanging out in the same place that they did. So that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So cool. And yes, let's hope that we are all back to our favorite views and our our favorite vacation spots safely after this is all over. I'm ready. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, who are you? What do you do? How did you get so lucky to be joining us on the Ohio Realtors podcast today? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I know Sharon Sample and your associations hired me a few times for professional standards, training and ombudsman and things like that. So it's been awesome. And when she asked me how I would do it, I said, absolutely, no problem. But a little bit about me, I have been licensed for 39 years. And when I joined my local board 39 years ago, that was before they had like the orientation and things like that at the local boards. But they did hand you a copy of the code of ethics and make you raise your right hand and say the realtor pledge which was developed many, many years ago. And it's the same one that everybody says when they join the board, but we didn't have any code of ethics training. But when I got back to the office and I looked at that code of ethics, I was hooked right from that point forward because I was just, wow, I didn't really understand from the preamble, starting with under all is the land, all the way through that you've got to work in the best interest of your client, all the way through the part where I really learned how the business worked you had to cooperate with your competition. And to me, that was a very foreign concept coming from the pharmaceutical industry into the real estate industry. And I'm like, wow, how is this really going to work? It's the only business I can think of where you really need to cooperate and form relationships with other brokers in order to advance your own client's best interests. So this, I was hooked right from the get-go. And I read that code cover to cover. And I think it was giving me the good guidance in my career So you know what happens when your board realizes they have someone interested? 
They say they get the net, they pull you in, they touch, you get voluntold, voluntold <laughs> on your forehead. And they're yeah. like, well, let's get her. So then they handed me a copy of the Code of Ethics and Arbitration Manual. And I was like, how cool is this? Of course, I read that cover to cover too, which makes me a real geek kind of person. But I read it and said how neat it is that we are in an industry, or now I'm in an industry where we police ourselves and we have the rules and the due process in order to do so. So that's how I got started in professional standards 39 years ago. I've been on the local, state, and national committees for many years. The national committee, very honored to have chaired that committee twice. When they called me to ask to do it the second time, I said, did I screw it up the first time? (laughs) They said, no, but we would like you to do it again. So I did. And it was really a big honor for me to do that. And I'm still serving on both that committee and the Professional Standards Interpretation and Procedures Advisory Board, which spent a lot of time this past summer coming up with the changes that you want me to talk about today. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that background. And you're coming to us from New Jersey, is that right? New Jersey. New Jersey, yes. So I think you're our first out-of-state guest. So thanks so much for being here with us. I'm honored about that too then. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive in to these code of ethics changes. So in a historic vote just a couple weeks ago, NAR voted to change the code of ethics. Could you talk to us a little bit about you know, how this came about, what were the discussions, you know, surrounding it? This is a pretty big deal. So give us a little background on, you know, the decision to even get this on the table and take this to the board of directors and say, hey, this is something that we want you guys to take a look at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Allison, there were six action items that all dealt with the code of ethics applicability to discriminatory speech. And all six action items were passed by the NAR Board of Directors on November 13th. But a lot of stuff went on beforehand to bring these recommendations forward. So it might help to just give you a little bit about the why. Why did we even talk about this? So it kind of started with a lot of complaints, an unprecedented number of complaints being received by local, state, and national association about realtors posting discriminatory speech and their conduct online in recent months. I mean, there have been some crazy times that we've been going through. And several local associations actually wrote to our NAR president, Vince Malta, and said, is there a way to look at the applicability of our code of ethics to this behavior that's going on out there in the field? So what they had in June was a special meeting of the NAR Professional Standards Committee And during that meeting, we actually had uh, panelists come in and talk about their experiences in the field with discrimination and hate speech and things like that. And it was really eye-opening for many people. And then the NAR Professional Standards Committee is about 100 people. The Interpretations and Procedures Advisory Board is about 15 to 17 people. So most of the recommendations come from that committee to the large committee. So the issue was referred to the Interpretations and Procedures Advisory Board, and we met virtually about five times throughout the summer, and they were not short meetings. We really vetted the subject and the topic and went back and forth, some of us playing devil's advocate to see if we really could make these changes stand and were they legally defensible and things like that. So finally in uh, October, the full Professional Standards Committee reviewed the recommendations of that smaller committee and all recommendations were approved. Then they started to be published out on the hub, which is the NAR's communication vehicle. 
with its board of directors, general forum, you know, and committee members. And I don't think I've ever seen so much commenting on any other topic in my 24 years on the Professional Standards Committee at NER. There was a lot of discussion about it. Wow. So that's kind of where it came from. Now you want to know what the changes were, huh? <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's 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 learn more. And it's just it's so timely. It's so appropriate. It's so accurate as to like you said what we've been experiencing this year with you know social justice reform and, and the movement that we've started to see you know across the country for that. So this is so timely, so spot on. So I'm really excited to learn more you know about these changes and, and what it means for our realtor community. So yeah, tell us more. Sure, sure. So in that Code of Ethics and Arbitration manual that I was telling you about, which is 200 and some pages, there is a series of policy statements that NAR has. And one of them was policy statement number 29. And what that did is it limited the applicability of the code to real estate related activities and transactions. So the problem with that was members could engage in this conduct and speech that's discriminatory and pretty abhorrent but unless it could be tied to a real estate related activity, then the code of ethics, specifically article 10, which is the one that says you'll provide equal service to all, did not apply. So that was the first thing that we had to look at to change, to revise that policy and make it applicable to all of a realtor's activities. And you know, social media posts and things like that, not just when they're involved in selling a house or listing a house or taking buyers around or something like that. So that was the first change. And so the way they changed that is it now says a realtor shall be subject to disciplinary action under the code of ethics with respect to all of their activities. So that was the first step because we couldn't do anything else without that. Okay. And I'm sure, I mean, the the comments were and our thought process was when one realtor engages in this discriminatory speech and conduct, what the public sees, what the consumer sees is that these are representing the actions of realtors collectively. And we're always trying to set the bar high and the realtor brand is really built on ethics and integrity. And this speech and conduct that's going on out there really depletes the strength of our brand. It's not who we are. So while this change to the policy statement does not mean the code of ethics applies to every little portion of a realtor's personal life, it will allow us to take some action when this abhorrent speech takes place. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. And that's so interesting too, because I don't think, you know, when you think of what you're posting on on social media or what you're presenting to the public, you're thinking, okay, yeah, this is just reflecting on me. This just, this just has to do with me. But I think that was really interesting what you said when you mentioned, you know, 
No, people are looking at this as she's a realtor. He's a realtor. And if realtors are just allowed to act like this and behave like this, okay, well, I want nothing to do with the realtor for any of my needs. So I think that's such a fascinating concept that I think may not be thought about when you think, okay, who am I? What am I really representing? Like it's bigger than just yourself. Right. And when you act like that out in the field, when you're engaged in real estate related activities or not, it just sets the tone and it's people think, oh, well, that's all realtors and it's not. So you had to take a stand and make some changes with respect to that. So like I said, we've always been trying to raise the bar on professionalism at NAR. Our code of ethics helps us do that. Our code of ethics training that is required for all of our members, you know, periodically that was one change. We put together a pathways to professionalism, which was a list of courtesies that you should follow. That was another step in the right direction of raising the bar. Um, But this one really says it all. And it says that NAR will not tolerate this kind of behavior. That's really kind of what it does. So that's what I wanted to see. So I can tell you then once we adopted the change to statement of policy number 29, we were then able to look at our code of ethics and say, what can we change? So article 10 of the code is the one that talks about providing equal professional services to all of the protected classes, and that we can't be a party to any plan to discriminate against a person because of their protected class. And we also even go so far as in your real estate employment practices that you won't discriminate against a person of a protected class. Last year, they approved a statement, um, a standard of practice under Article 3, which is the one that talks about cooperating, saying you won't discriminate against other brokers in a cooperative transaction. So, you know, this is not a brand new concept, but this hate speech and these epithets and slurs that are going on out there are the things that we were talking about trying to change. So that's Article 10, but now we have a new standard of practice, 10-5, and that one reads, realtors must not use harassing speech, hate speech, epithets, or slurs based on race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation or gender identity. So that is our new standard of practice. And that's the one everyone is talking about. And along with that, I mean, that kind of flows from the requirement to not deny equal professional service. And I think that public posting of hate speech could reveal bias, you know, by our members. And they would actually violate the Fair Housing Act due to overt discrimination or disparate impact. So that's our new standard that is effective immediately which is kind of something new as well, because NAR did take a stand and not only policy statement number 29, but also the standard practice 10-5 were adopted upon approval instead of waiting until January 1, 2021, which is when the new code of ethics would be published. So I think that NAR, we were trying to show that we're committed to high ethical standards for our members and that we condemn this type of speech and conduct. So that's kind of neat, right? That's so interesting. And it just shows once again, the importance in that, you know, NAR is realizing like, hey, look at what's happened this year. You know, look at look at what's going on around us. Like we need to respond and we need to respond quickly and with action items. So I think, like you said, they've proved that. And the fact that it is effective now, as we are talking about and recording this this episode, I, I think is really cool. And, you know, it's just Like I listened to you, you know, read that statement of, you know, realtors will not, cannot, you know, discriminate 
anyone based on their age, gender, you know, sexual orientation, class, you know, their race. And I'm just like, thankful that we have this, but also like, wow, it's taken until November of 2020, you know, for this to come up. So I'm grateful that it's in place, but also it's like, wow, like it's taken a crazy year for this to happen, but I'm so glad that it did. And I'm glad that our national association has taken this position on such an important topic. Well, the other thing they did, and I'll just briefly tell you about that before we part our ways today, is we have always had a definition, well, not always, but since 2002, NAR adopted a definition of the public trust. And up until then, and this was the really bad stuff going on out there, it referred to demonstrated misappropriation of client or customer funds. That's pretty bad stuff. It said willful discrimination and also fraud resulting in substantial economic harm. Well, we have expanded the definition of public trust along with these other two changes I talked about. Then now they are actually crossed out the word willful before discrimination, and they crossed out the words resulting in substantial economic harm. So now what the public trust definition refers to is all discrimination and all fraud. Now we've always had to, ever since they adopted this definition back in 2002, if our associations our board of directors is reviewing an ethics decision from a hearing, and it showed that there was a violation of the public trust took place, like discrimination or misappropriation of funds or fraud, they were required to send that to the state licensing authority, okay, when that happened. So we've always had to do that or any other governmental agencies. So I think that is also sending a message that it's all discrimination, not just willful, any discrimination could also be sent and letting our licensing authority know what's going on. Such a big deal and and such awesome, you know, movement in action by our leadership and and at NAR. So, Dan, thanks for breaking down all these changes for us. What do you think that this means to the realtor world? I know that we, you know, touched on it a little bit as to, you know, the stand that it shows NAR is taking, but what do you think it means for our profession now to to have these changes in place? Well, I think it's going to make them more aware of fair housing and kind of remind them of our responsibilities with respect to the Fair Housing Act and all of the changes uh, that we have even made to our code of ethics with respect to, you know, um, making sure that everyone has equal access to the dream of home ownership. So I think it's just going to make people more aware. There is also, I see, you know, diversity training, things like that. This past year at home with diversity is a one of the certification classes that NAR offers that has really been widely received and really a lot. I even took it this year because I was like, well, let me see what that's about. Never thought I and I learned something. So I think that continuing to expand that and I think that what NAR has done and what we have done with these changes is send a message. And it's a very impactful message that we can advance equity and fairness in the real estate industry and everyone should have access to that American dream. That's what we're here for. That's who we are, which is what the NAR slogan is. I love that. And what a great way to wrap up our time together this afternoon. So thank you again so much. And we're looking forward to having you back to speak to our realtors in January. So Ohio Realtors, make sure to check out Diane's upcoming session with us and uh, can learn more about her and all the wonderful things she's going to be sharing with us in January. And I believe that NAR has started some monthly trainings for realtors about this topic. Is that accurate, Diane? Do you know any more information on that? 
there are six. One has already taken place. I think there's another one next week. And, you know, the first one was just explaining the changes similar to what I did and just right now, but they're like an hour long each. And each one's going to go into like a deeper dive with respect to the changes and implementing the changes and hearing panels responsibilities and, and things like that. So yeah, there are six scheduled over the next couple of months. And I know that they are recording them. So if you miss one, you can go back and, and watch it by going to NER.realtor. Awesome. Thanks so much. So definitely check that website out. Sign up for those webinars and sessions if you want to learn more on these changes and, and what they mean for our realtors. Diane, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your time. Carrie, thanks for being on board with us today too. Thank you. Thanks, Diane. Thank you. Okay. Happy holidays, unless I see you again. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.